Hi guys, I'm Dre. Welcome to the Dre Lives Podcast. This is episode four. Yes, yes, episode four. We are in it. So, real quick, a lot has transpired in the last couple of days since our last episode. So we're going to just recap a lot of stuff that's been going down. Um, we're going to get to the PLL draft. There's four rounds of coverage to really go over. So I live in Colorado. So as much as I'd like to tell you about lacrosse, it's happening all over the country. Since I live in Colorado, I'm going to just stick to what's going on for lacrosse in Colorado. So we'll cover that as well. Uh, if there, if any of you that listen in different states or anything have any interest in me covering or talking about what's going on for you, please reach out. Let me know. Um, I always love feedback. You can follow. You can uh, give me any commentary or feedback at um, the main social media right now is the twi- is Twitter. It's going to be Drelax Podcast. That's the user at. Uh, you can also follow me at um, the at is going to be Sir Laxalot. Yep, it's going to be underscore Sir Laxalot. Uh, anyway, first things first, let's get down to what's just going on around in Colorado. The 5A playoffs were able to get started. So a couple of teams, a couple of games did were able to happen. And then a couple of games got canceled due to weather delay. So let me just tell you about the bracket so far. Uh, this is boys. 5A. So in boys 5A, Cherry Creek, number one seed, undefeated. They got a first round bye. Um, in the game two bracket, we have Columbine versus Chaparral. Uh, it got canceled due to weather delay, but it will be taking place tomorrow at around, I believe, 4.15 p.m. at Columbine High School. Uh, game three, Denver South also has a bye, a first round bye meaning they don't have to play a game for this first round. Uh, Monarch did defeat Pine Creek, uh, who was seeded 24th at a, by a score of 16 to 10. Uh, you know, hey, good fight, Eagles. Uh, I'm sure you guys will be back next year. Uh, game five, Mountain Vista has a bye. Game six between Castleview and Ralston Valley was rescheduled due to uh, weather delay. Game seven against uh, Game Seven was Legend. Legend has a first round bye. Rock Canyon and Lakewood was also rescheduled. Regis Jesuit has a bye. Cherokee Trail versus Chatfield was rescheduled. Kent Denver has a bye. Pooter School District down in Fort Collins defeated Lewis Palmer by a score of 14 to 7. Colorado Academy has a first round bye. Arapahoe defeated Fairview by a score of 10 to 4. Valor Christian has the first round bye. And then Denver East and Mountain Range was canceled due to weather delay. That is for the 5A boys. 4A boys were able to play yesterday. So Cheyenne Mountain. So this is what it is for 4A for the boys. So uh, for those of you that don't know, I, th- I believe most of your states probably, or anywhere, just any state, just really has different classifications based on school size and uh, sometimes strength of competition and stuff like that. Uh, so anyway, 4A, Cheyenne Mountain has a first round bye. Windsor defeated uh, Parisha Monument by a score of 13 to 9. Air Academy had a bye. Vail 
defeated uh, Vail Mountain defeated Middle Park by 10 to 4. Evergreen's got a first round bye. Golden won a tight one against Resurrection Christian by a score of 8 to 6. Steamboat Springs has a bye. Uh, Battle Mountain defeated Ponderosa by a close score of 13 to 11. Uh, those are some heartbreaking ones. Uh, Dakota Ridge has a first round bye as a three seed. Aspen defeated Littleton by a score of 12 to 2. Northfield at a six seed did receive a first round bye. Uh, Dawson Dawson School defeated Conifer. A little tight contest contest over there between Dawson and Conifer. Score of 13 to 12. Lutheran has a first round bye as a seventh seed. Telluride defeated Eagle Valley 15 to 8. Erie as the two seed on the other side of the bracket has a first round bye. And then Green Mountain defeats Holy Family by a score of 13 to 12. And that is the score. That is the update for the um, boys, uh, Colorado High School Athletic Association, uh, boys lacrosse state championship brackets. So for girls, we're going to start with 5A. In the girls lacrosse 5A, um, looks like this first game got rescheduled due to weather. It was going to be Colorado Academy versus 16 seed Chaparral for the girls. Good luck out there, Chap ladies. I know you guys will take it to them tomorrow. Uh, game two, Pooter uh, School District beat Palmer Ridge 16 to 6. Uh, Cherry Creek uh, and Columbine got rescheduled for today, it looks like. It's possible. I'm still waiting on these scores to get reported. Uh, everything gets updated through Max Preps. So it's possible that the games might have taken place. Uh, we are really just waiting to for them to update Max Preps. That's really about it. Um Fairview and Chatfield got rescheduled. Thunder Ridge and Dakota Ridge got rescheduled. Regis Jesuit and Rock Canyon. Regis Jesuit beat Rock Canyon by a score of 20 to 4. Uh, Valor Christian shut out Air Academy 20 to 0. And then Kent Denver beat Denver East 17 to 8. Again, that is the Colorado High School Athletic Association girls lacrosse uh, update for their brackets at 5A. Now, moving on to 4A. You have Castleview with the first round by Northfield Ladies defeated Pueblo West 23 to 13. Thompson Valley has a bye. Battle Mountain beat Holy Family 19 to 7. Green Mountain with the first round by Rampart won 14 to 12. Always nice to see little Colorado Springs teams do well. Denver South has a bye. And then Durango beat Liberty 19-6. Evergreen has a bye. Cherokee Trail, uh, ladies over there, won 15-12. Heritage has a bye. Golden won 13-2 over Horizon. Aspen's got a bye. Roaring Fork. Yeah, that's kind of funny. So there's... <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you after this. Roaring Fork uh, beat Grand Junction by a score of 16 to 7. Meade has a bye. They're the second seed. And then Farisha Monument won a close one against Steamboat, Spe Steamboat Springs, 7 to 6. Those are some heartbreaking losses. But 
Uh, the reason I laughed at Roaring Fork is because at UCCS, there's a uh, there's a dining facility there called Roaring Fork. So that's just, it's kind of funny there. Um, moving on. That is, uh, so that is what the current landscape of 5A, 4A lacrosse looks like for both boys and girls. Again, if you have any other states you'd like me to cover about lacrosse that's happening there, I would be more than happy to talk about it. You just gotta let me know. Um, much, as I, much as I love lacrosse, I'm not about to look up stuff for all 50 states. Sorry guys. This is the PLL draft recap. Um, in round one, so in round one of the 2023 PLL draft, we have Gavin Adler from Cornell getting drafted to the Atlas. Now, he is set to make an immediate impact for the Atlas. They are, <laughs> with, with, with them drafting him as their, their number one pick, they're they're there to make that defense mean serious business. It's it's about to get crazy. They already have some strong short stick defensive middies, but man, let me just say what this kid's bringing. So, sorry, kid. I'm saying kid like he's like not in a similar age group as me. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this last 2020, so in the 2022 season, Adler had 34 turnovers, which was a single season record at Cornell, so he tied the single-season record. Um, he's only 5'8", but he's 180 pounds. Smaller, but he's strong. He is strong. Like, he, like, you go up against him, and, and you think that he's, like, weak sauce or anything, and you are sorely mistaken. Like, that's just, that's not the, that's not the dude he is. Like, he, he is, he is uh, what we call small but mighty. Small but mighty. That's what that's what our dude Gavin Adler is over there. Um, first of all, let me just say this is a very defensive heavy draft, so a lot of strong defensive moves made. Um, the Redwoods nab Owen Grant with the second pick from Delaware. Owen Grant, who had a really awesome game against Marist, we will cover that later in our opening round recap. But the Redwoods. They they've always had like a bit of a they've had good talent, but they've had a shaky defense. But you're now adding Owen Grant to a defense that's got Garrett Apple. Like it's it's about to be it's about to be heavy hitters over there. Um so with uh pick three, the Atlas. Man, they made some moves to get these picks. But with uh pick three, the Atlas draft Brett Makar from Maryland. Now, for me personally, even though Adler went number one, Makar, in my opinion, is the best defensive player in the draft. And the Atlas were able to get him at number three, which is going to further add to that strong defense that they are clearly setting up to build. The interesting, the interesting sleeper pick that was made at pick four which, um, as much as I would have liked for the archers to get him, the fact remains, the Chrome got him. At pick four, we have Sam Handley from Penn. He is like, how do I describe him? Sam Handley is 
a good midfielder in terms of like offense because he he was actually who everybody thought was going to be number one. Um, he's like a quarterback, like out there, like he can see, he can make great passes, great assists. He really is the innovator of an offense, at least at Penn. That's how he's been. Um, his biggest downfall, because like his 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 biggest um, positives are his shooting percentage. He's an accurate shooter more often than not. Um, his biggest drawback, honestly, is going to be his uh, penchant for turnovers. So he's uh, he had like 52 turnovers um, over the last couple of seasons. Uh, pick five. I was excited. I was excited, but I wanted them to go a different direction. But nonetheless, I'm still excited. Don't take this the wrong way, Archers Nation. Pick five, and five being my number that I wore in lacrosse is my lucky number. So we were able to get Mike Sisselberger from Lehigh. Um, we're already so with the loss of Will Manny and Marcus Holman this last offseason for the Archers. Um, we we needed to fill the hole somewhere, and. I think with Mike, I think Mike is going to really add to that offensive firepower. He's also got good defense, so I'm not I'm not mad at all. Not mad at all. Uh man, this pick hurt because I do not like the Whip Snakes. I do not like them. Good coaching staff, great staff, but I do not like the Whip Snakes as an Archers fan. Do not like them at all. Quote me on that if you want. Tucker Dordovic from Georgetown, one of my favorite attackmen. This guy is prolific. Like, when I say see the field, I mean he sees the field. He, he's, he's man, I, I'm, I'm just going to leave it with, if you're a defensive player and you have to play against him, I feel bad for you. It's like Jay-Z said, if you're having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems with a. You know, I'm not going to finish that because my mom and my grandma listen to this podcast and I'm an upstanding citizen who don't use words like that. Anyway, we follow it up with uh, pick seven, Will Bowen from Georgetown. A huge, huge part in making that uh, Georgetown defense tough and stout. So they, um, they added to that defense and the chaos already have a pretty strong uh, crew of defenders. One of their, one of my favorite defensive players on the chaos is Jack Rowlett. He is just a tough SOB. He's always ready to go and he's always on. Um, I, you know, I got to check. I think his brother plays at Michigan. I got to confirm if their brothers or not. Sometimes these guys have similar last names and I don't really be doing genealogy backgrounds and stuff like that. Uh, pick eight. Again, this hurts because I'm a huge UVA fan. And so my selfish Archer fan heart, I just want all the UVA guys to come to us. That's all I want. That's all I want. However, did not get that this year. The Water Dogs drafted Thomas McConvey. Thomas McConvey was one of the most exciting midfielders to watch at Virginia because he may not, you may not hear his name getting called too much as you will uh, Xander Dixon or 
uh, Petey LaSala or anyone like that, but McConvey or even Connor Schellenberger. Um, but McConvey was just such a such an asset to Virginia. Um, mind you, a lot of these guys, they still, a lot of these guys, if they're on teams that are in the postseason, so guys that are in, that are on uh, Virginia, that are on Maryland, that are on Georgetown and such, they still have to finish their college season. And I'm sure a lot of them want to finish with some dubs coming into the pro leagues with the ring or two from college, like the uh, Maryland players were. And so that was round one. A lot of defense taken in round one. A lot of defensive type of midfielders. Like midfielders, they can still play offense and stuff, but a lot of like midfielders with good defense and good basic fundamentals taken in that first round. Round two is where things start to get a little fun. Uh, There were some things that happened in round two that, again, as a biased University of Virginia fan, go who's, as a biased University of Virginia fan, I did not like to see. Moving on, round two of the 2023 PLL draft. So, we have Matt Campbell, Going to the Cannons from Villanova, uh, Will Manny. Um, no, so not Will Manny. My my apologies. I was jumping ahead. Uh, Marcus Holman, his father is the coach for the PLL Cannons, so I can't blame him for leaving the Archers to wanting to go play with his dad. Like, I mean, that's every parent son's dream, I'm sure. So, like. Hey, hats off. I wish nothing but the best for you, Marcus, unless you're playing the Archers. Then I want you to catch these L's. But Matt Campbell is going to fit in right on par with the offense over there. Uh, I'm interested to see how Marcus does with Lyle Thompson. Also kind of worried because those two, pretty nasty on the offense. Um, Brian Teplin from Notre Dame. Man, the Redwoods love getting these Notre Dame dudes. They already have Sergio Perkovic. They are they they've had they have they've had the Kavanaugh's. They the the Redwoods might as well be the University of Notre Dame's because that's the guys they tend to go for. But they do fit in with their um, offensive and defensive schemes the best. So uh, Coach uh, Nat Saint Laurent, he loves his Notre Dame guys. If you're a Notre Dame guy. You should probably, and you're making it to the pro level. You should probably put your uh, chips on the Redwoods, at least having you on their draft board. Um, pick three, pick three hurt my heart. Did not like it. Did not enjoy it. Boo on you, Atlas. But anyway, they picked up my favorite player from UVA this year, Xander Dixon. So <laughs> the Atlas just. Love adding Virginia players because they got my dude, Dox Aiken, over there. Hey, Dox, if you're listening, shout outs to you. You're the man. Uh, little side tangent real quick. Dox Aiken is probably one of the most down-to-earth, cool dudes that I've ever met in this in this sport, uh, save for a few of the guys I've met at LaxCon. Uh, that's another great thing about lacrosse. Everybody is just, like, down-to-earth, chill people. Like, we're... They're, they're nice. Lacrosse players are like power lifters. All wonderful, nice people. Mean and, mean and nasty dogs on the field, but off the field and outside the game, 
nice, awesome, upstanding citizens. Moving on. So, uh, all the best of luck to you, Xander. Best of luck to you, Docs. I know you're going to show out. Um, Troy Hedinger from Jacksonville. Pretty surprising pick from the Chrome. But um, with them being a little a little weak at the midfield line, but strong at uh, with their attack, I can understand them wanting to add, add a midfielder there. Um, the Archers, we got Connor Mayer from North Carolina. Nasty, nasty, strong, strong short state defensive midi. So he's a he's one. It's like we were talking about in that in our previous episode how there are some midfielders that play defense better than they do offense, and so they just are short stick defensive middies. He's one of them, and I'll take it. I'll take it. One thing I learned from the uh, six on six tournament is that our long poles. They can play some defense. Our offensive players, they need to work on their defense. However, that's neither here or there. I expect us to get better this season. Um, pick six in round two. Hurt my little Archers fan heart because I wanted this guy to come be face-off for us. But now I got to stick with him being face-offs on the Whip Snakes. My favorite player from the University of Virginia, Petey LaSalle. P.D. LaSala and P.D. LaSala, Trevor Baptiste, and T.D. Erling. Trevor Baptiste is the face-off uh, guy on the Atlas. T.D. Erling is the face-off guy for the Redwoods. But those three face-off guys are probably three of the best uh, Fogos that I've ever seen. So Fogo means face-off, get-off, which means your job, you're the short stick. You're the guy that faces off. And your job is literally to win the faceoff, get the ground ball, get the ball down to offense, and sub off the field so they can so the offense can get their stronger offensive player on. Now, keep in mind if you win the ground, if you win the faceoff, and you have a fast break and you got the shot, more often than not, your coach is going to tell you to take the shot. So I'm sure Peter Lasala will be scoring some goals on some of y'all. Prepare this rookie class. This rookie class is just about to be, is about to be really entertaining and really exciting. I I like it. Um, Brian Brian Mincius uh, Minicus. I really hope I'm not butchering that. He's from Georgetown. Plays attack. He's going to be going to the chaos. Uh, you know, as if Josh Byrne needs more people <laughs> to to have on his team. You know, as if Josh Byrne needs more of that. (laughs) The uh, really fun pick um, by the Water Dogs for pick number eight was Alex Mazzoni from John Hopkins. He a really solid defensive player. So I know Hopkins is going to be hurting without him. But like I said, he's on a team that's in the postseason, so he – Still has to finish his college career before he can get ready for the pros. On to round three in the PLL draft. So, so far, a lot of these teams are locked and loaded. I like it. Um, Ty Kurtz from Delaware. Like I said, Delaware is on the rise, and I'm excited to get to that further in the in the uh, podcast when we recap the opening round. Um, Delaware is on the rise. Um 
Ty Kurtz is a really is a is a high impact player for Delaware, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does with the Chaos. Um, the Chaos are very interesting because they are the plucky, do not count us out type of team. They have made it to the championship the last um, couple of seasons, and they've had like a losing record. And like, I mean, uh, not this past season, but the season before, 23% of fans in the PLL picked the chaos to do anything in the postseason. And they ended up beating the Whip Snakes, who were the two-time defending champions. Uh, this is why I say like any given any given weekend, any given game, somebody can be beat in lacrosse. It doesn't matter who you are, if you've been the undefeated team for like three years or whatever. Any team can be beat. Um, and then last year they were two and eight, and they had a 2.8% chance of making it to the championship. That's what like how most fans have voted. And guess what? Surprise, surprise, we gotta stop betting against the chaos because they did it again. But the water dogs stopped them from winning because the water dogs were out for were out for blood. They had that dog. They had that dog in them. Pun intended. Anyways, uh, now that I'm done being awkward, <laughs> uh, the Redwoods got one of Syracuse's best players, Cole Cursed. Now, if that last name sounds familiar, that's because Cole Cursed's brother is CJ. CJ Kirst from Cornell. So we have Cole Kirst from Syracuse getting drafted to the Redwoods as a midfielder. And with the uh, Redwoods making a few uh, transactions in the uh, offseason and losing some of those talented midfielders that they had previously, um, Cole Kirst is going to be one of those immediate impact players. So I'm excited to see what he does for the Redwoods this year. Jack Myers, an attackman. Um, oh, sorry, I'm skipping. Uh, Peyton Rizinka from uh, Loyola got drafted by the Atlas. Um, them adding short stick defensive midi kind of really crowds that that uh, that defensive midi line. Like it's it's getting a little crowded, so they might they might be moving certain players. Uh, I'm not one to speak for any of the teams or telling them what they should do because I'm obviously not in these spaces. I'm just a fan. But it looks like they're getting a little bit of a log jam when it comes to their short state defensive middies. Um, moving on, the Chrome at uh, round three, pick four, would grab Jack Myers, uh, one of the uh, stronger attackmen from Ohio State. The only Ohio State player to get drafted um in the whole entire draft. So that speaks to the talent that Jack uh, possesses. And then from Penn, you know, again, like I said, this was a strong uh, draft for defensive players. We have um, Piper Bond from Penn getting drafted. So, you know, um, with the Archers, we had uh, Dominique Alexander retire. And he was one of our stronger short stick defensive midis. So they're really trying to uh, not so much replace because no one's going to ever replace a player like Dominique, but uh, really just 
uh, fill that gap that his retirement left. Uh, the Whip Snakes again. Whip Snakes going Whip Snake, and they got Garrett Ledman from Duke. Um, Garrett Ledman kind of gets. Uh, he's one of the high scoring players on Duke, but um, you know people kind of people kind of forget about him for some reason. I don't know why, but I mean it's kind. I can understand him getting lost in the sauce with how much talent Duke has on their team from an offensive standpoint. Um, the chaos grabbing Nick Rowlett from Michigan, their face-off specialist, and one of the key impact reasons why Michigan was able to defeat Maryland in the Big Ten Championship. So the chaos are loading up. It's it's going to be a real interesting season. It's going to be a real interesting season when everything gets all said and done. Um, the uh, Water Dogs added Chris Fake from Notre Dame. Chris Fake is one of the better defensive players um, on Notre Dame and the reason that defense is so uh, tough to contend with normally. So the Water Dogs adding Chris Fake is going to only make their defense uh, that much tougher, which arguably you could say was the only um, hang-up about the Water Dogs last year The because their offense in their midfield had no issue really. Um, and then round four with the first pick, Grant, uh, Grant Amon from High Point, defensive player, got drafted by the Cannons. Uh, the Cannons' biggest weak point has always been their defense. Um, that's just what it is, so I can understand them going for defense first. Uh, Redwoods added Zach Cole for faceoff. Um, you know, you got to have a backup because TD Erling can't take every faceoff. Uh, Kyle Long from Maryland got drafted by the Atlas. Man, um, I will give my way too early predictions for the PLL season when this is all said and done. When like when I get done reading this draft, because this this is gonna be this is gonna be a long season. I'm just saying this is gonna be a long season. Uh, the Chrome with pick four, Quattro. Would draft um, Cross Ferrara, Ferrara, Ferrara from Salisbury. Again, only player from Salisbury taken in the draft. Um, Archers going defensive again, getting Cam Wires from Loyola. Big impact player. Defense is ready to step up. Jared Connors is about to be real happy with who he's got backing him up and helping him out. Whipsnakes got Elijah Gash from Albany. Again, Defense is shining through this draft. Uh, Levi Anderson getting drafted from St. Joseph's was a very interesting pick uh, by the Chaos. Um, it was a, it was just interesting. I I would have uh, I would have thought they would have gone with a uh, midfield position, but you know, tax not bad either for him. And uh, Levi is very talented. Uh, and then uh, Water Dogs wrap it up with getting a uh, face-off specialist uh, from Georgetown, James Riley. And that ended up being the PLL draft. Um, if I had to really just, like, kind of give everybody a, a overall, like, like draft, like, draft grade... Um, I'd honestly say that almost everybody really filled their hole, like the holes that they needed. 
um, in terms of like for like the draft, like you know, the uh, the whip snakes were able to uh, kind of draft grab a, an attackman that could step into the role uh, because Jay Carlston's retiring. So they uh, and then the Atlas shored up their defense. The Chrome got stronger at midfield, got stronger on defense, and then uh, the the Cannons used their limited picks to get to get a defensive player. Um, so that's not even that's not even bad. Uh, I will. I I'm I'm interested uh, to see how the archers do um because we we addressed the needs the need at face off and we got better at short stick defensive midi with the holes there and then uh close defense is only getting stronger um so in terms of my way too early with like i mean way too early team predictions there are Let's see how many weeks of lacrosse in the PLL. Um, and I will a hundred percent be at the uh, Denver, Colorado weekend for the uh, when the PLL comes to town. I will a hundred percent be there both days. Like, gotta be. There's there's just no no way about it. It was so fun last year. I've really got to I got to make sure I go. So before I get to the predictions, let me just read off some of the cities that they're going to. And if you are in or able to be in uh, near one of these cities, I highly recommend that you go to these games if you can. Um, June 3rd to the 4th, it'll be in Albany. Uh, June 9th to the 10th, we have Charlotte, North Carolina. June 16th to the 17th, we have Columbus, Ohio. July 8th is Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, so July 8th to the 9th. July 14th to the 15th, they're in Connecticut, Fairfield, Connecticut. July 22nd in Louisville, Kentucky is going to be All-Star Weekend. July 29th to July 30th, which I honestly might try to go out to Texas for that one, uh, is going to be in Dallas, Texas. Um... August 5th to August 6th is uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And then August 11th to the 12th is going to be Denver. Uh, Seattle is uh, August 18th to the 19th. Salt Lake City, Utah is going to be August 25th to the 26th. And after that becomes the playoffs. So the quarterfinals will take place September 4th in Boston. Uh, September 10th will be the semis in Long Island. And then Philadelphia will be hosting the championship game. So championship weekend and stuff like that. That will be pretty, pretty cool. So you really get 10, you get 10 games. Um, judging by the strength of schedule. Now, again, these are my way too early predictions and they're way too early for the reason that the season hasn't happened yet. So it's way too early for me to be giving guesstimates. These are way too early predictions. This does not need to be as accurate as possible. I don't need to give you a sports center breakdown. Argue with the wall. Argue with your pastor. Argue with your mama. It ain't coming from me. So we got whip snakes. 
Atlas, Archers, Water Dogs, Chrome, and Cannons. Those six. Redwoods and Chaos will be sitting at home watching everybody play. That's just my way too early predictions. Now let's go talk about this opening round in the NCAA D1. Short, simple, and sweet. Delaware kicked the stuffing out of Marist. That is the uh, short, simple, and sweet of it all. The, the final score ended up being 25 to 10. Um, why they keep putting uh, Marist? Not Marist, sorry. Why they keep putting Delaware in these play on and these play-in brackets, play-in spots, when they themselves are not a play-in, a play-in team, is crazy. Do not understand. Uh, but hey, they get it done, and they win twenty-five to ten. Owen Grant is going to do very nicely in the in the Premier Lacrosse League. He's going to do very good. Uh, I'm excited to see what what he's able to get done. Uh, let's see. A uh, quick summary, really, was like it was close to start. It seemed like a it'd be a competitive matchup because at one point at the beginning of the game it was just like four to four to three, and it seemed like it was going to be just a back and forth game. And um, Delaware just found that fire uh, defense started shutting them down and they started pulling away four minutes left in the second quarter Delaware's up 11 to 5 over Marist um, I feel like uh, Marist's offensive players just couldn't get their spacing right and couldn't get their um, shots on cage well enough not as much as uh, Delaware's offensive players were just finding ways to score Sneaky, sneaky little offensive players that were just making it a tough time for um, for them. And in the end, Delaware just got it done. So you know, Delaware was in the play on was in the play in spot on the bracket, but they were far from a play in team. So somebody better put respect on their names because them dudes. If Duke's not careful, if they're not careful, they'll lose. Do I think Duke is losing to Delaware? According to my bracket predictions last week, no. Nowhere possible. Not happening. Delaware, this is where your Cinderella run ends. Sorry. Um, that's, that's just how it goes. Uh, so that was the first, that was the first week of, um, the NCAA opening round. Opening round. That was the first uh, opening round game. Um, excited to see what these next uh, matchups hold in store for uh, next week with uh, Delaware going over to Duke. And so excited to see if my bracket still stays intact or not. Now, in uh, ridiculous lacrosse news, we're going to talk about this ridiculous story that I saw break on uh, um, lacrosse Twitter because it's, yes, there's a Twitter for everything. There's basketball Twitter, wrestling Twitter, hip-hop Twitter, black Twitter, all that stuff. Yeah. 
we got Twitter for everybody. <laughs> um, so a uh, youth lacrosse league called Chaos Lacrosse is suing the Premier Lacrosse League, which has a team named the Chaos Lacrosse Club, over the use of the name Chaos. So <laughs> there's a um, there's a whole article that just that comes is written by a trademark law expert and all that stuff and. You know, it, it is, it is, it is one of these things that just sound, just is so ridiculous because it's like you're a youth lacrosse program. First off, you need to take that money that you're investing in these lawsuits towards a professional team and spend that towards the youth that you're supposed to be coaching, not trying to take shots at a professional team. <laughs> oh, man. I tried to click on the article and the story is only available to subscribers. Not doing that. Anyway, given my thoughts, uh, the PLL and the Chaos have been around for like four or five years now and y'all are just now coming out with this. Uh, nah, you should have sat there and ate your food. Sit down. Stop being ridiculous. That's that's just ridiculous. Um, so, going forward... In the next few episodes, um, next episode will hope you'll hopefully have an update for the Chassa playoffs for the games that got moved tomorrow and the games that we're still waiting to finish up. Um, we will also, I know we've been putting these out kind of daily and stuff. Uh, these will start going more towards a uh, weekly episodic format once I figure out what days best uh it's a little busy right now because lacrosse has so much stuff happening all at once kind of back to back uh so we'll try to space these out a bit more however i do want to thank all of you for your support and um it is by far very much appreciated yes this has been the Draylax podcast thank you guys again for listening um always locked in 110 have a good one